Hey there, Mark. How's it going, man? Hey, Johnny. How are you, buddy? I would be doing an awful lot better if they didn't just outsource my job. No kidding, really. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's weird enough doing community mental health, but it's even more bizarre when all I have to do is go down to the local Megalomart and some jackass that's 18 years old, he's just some some screwball that's uh, that drives a motorcycle around everywhere, decides that yep. he's going to help get you all your services and needs and all this other weird shit. God, is there things that the Megalomart slash Walmart just will not do? It's, it's not okay. But... But Johnny, it's I gotta not. tell you that mental stability feels so good. Yes, it does. Welcome to <laughs> Dangle Podcast, everybody. Welcome to Dangle Podcast. This is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny, we take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows, and we slap that bad boy with our patented rating system. And Johnny, this is a special episode because it's our first ever two-parter. Yes, it is. So this is actually uh, a monumental episode for other reasons, too. This is uh, episodes 35 and 36 of King of the Hill, which you, uh, if you've been following along with us, or if you're just weirdly obsessive about numbers, you would know that it is the end of season two and the beginning of season three. We are officially two seasons finished, guys. That is insane to me. It is very impressive. This might be the longest thing I've stuck with since my master's program. Aw, buddy. <laughs> and I'm enjoying it at least as much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> at least as much. So our first episode is Propane Boom. Original air date, May 17th, 1998. Uh, this is the season two finale written by one Norm Hiscock. Mark, where would we no know Norm Hiscock from? Um, My knee jerk is that he is one of the producers on Parks and Rec. He's also I a say big producer on King of the Hill. And he he's, is. He's, he's a done a ton. Of, I also want to say that he's the producer on uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, if I'm not mistaken. Norm Hiscock is. has his fingers in a ton of pies. Yes. Norm Hiscock is actually the namesake of a Brooklyn Nine-Nine character, Hitchcock. Oh, really? I, I'm pretty sure it's Norm Hitchcock. <laughs> but I may be wrong. That's funny. I'll take it. <laughs> eh. Internet, prove me wrong if I'm wrong. Uh, that's where I know him from is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm a huge fan of the Nine-Nine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. As far as uh, other writing credits, this is his very first writing credit for King of the Hill. Okay. Um, he's got some real good ones in here. He's got uh, probably the most famous King of the Hill episode of all time in here. He's the writer for. Which one is that? <laughs> Bobby Goes Nuts. Okay. Okay. Also, sidebar, um, I know yeah. that you hate that fucking episode, and you keep talking all this good shit, Johnny. I I don't, I don't know about hate you, Mister. That I, episode. You you said good I things hate about that it lately. Line. It's a weird phone. It's a weird moment for me. You're just that's all I'm saying. I, I don't want to talk about it, but just we'll get you, there. You said that last episode, and I goddamn near choked on my beer when you said it. Like, <laughs> I I don't hate it by any means, and. <laughs> It, it, it is a good episode for what it is. I hate that line. I hate that Fair that enough. is the line that the entire episode, like the entire series is known for. Fair enough. 
That is what makes me mad, especially considering that this guy who wrote that episode also wrote The Bluegrass is Always Greener, which is a far superior episode. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I just, I, <laughs> I, we don't even have to talk about it here. I just, I, I noticed it and it messed me up a little bit, but yeah. That's okay. Okay, it's, anyway. It's been a, yeah, it's been, it's been a very uh, vocal position of mine for years with you, Mark, so I'm not surprised you called me on it. It's just, you, you know things about a person. You're like, you know, you and I know a lot about each other. I know that you don't care for that bit. Like, so I, when you said it, like, my head kind of snapped. I feel like if I came out, I was like, do you know, Johnny, Trump was pretty all right. And I feel like your head would blow up. Like, <laughs> anyway. Uh, you want a synopsis, Mark? Give me a synopsis, buddy. All right. When the Megalomart starts selling propane, Hank gets pushed to his limit. Good enough. You know, it's this episode and the next one here. There's, I I also, I want to broach a a subject here real quick, or not a subject, it's more of a question here. Do you want to rate this as one single episode as in both, or do you want to do a separate rating for each? Because they're very different episodes, but I feel like you have to almost rate them together too. I would prefer to rate them separately, and then we can give the two-parter an average. Okay. Okay, I'm into it. Okay. Yeah. So our A story for this is Hank Nguyen. um, If you want to go tangential characters, Buckley is one of them. There's really, like, not a whole heck of a lot here. The basic... The basic premise of this episode is the Megalomart in town has now decided they're going to start selling propane, so Hank lo- loses his job. Yeah. And hey guys, this, Walmart's uh, here. The, yeah. the, the corporation is now eating small businesses. This was what was... I mean, I, I know it happened before this in America, but hey, guys, this is what 20 years ago looked like. Go yeah. find a non- People were worried about it 20 years ago. Area. Yeah. I'm kind of astounded that it's not just Walmart anymore and that Amazon does it and... And all these other places, like, there's like four companies that own everything now. Yeah. But, uh, well, let's see. Do you want to jump into pros and cons, man? Yeah, let's do it right, buddy. Uh, so, m- my first pro here, we have our first neck vein in a very long time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's uh, Hank realizing that Buckley is the manager of the propane department. <laughs> So not only does he hate Buckley, but he hates the propane department. Like, we have not seen that in a very long time. I don't think we've seen a Hank neck vein since maybe King of the Ant Hill. It's been a minute, yeah, like... I don't yeah. think this whole season we've seen one. I, I don't think so, Oh, it's no. awesome. Yeah. Um, And I, I personally think that writing-wise, making Buckley the manager, it's one, it's the easiest thing to do because you already know that he works there. But it works on so many levels because Hank already hates him so damn much. Oh, yeah. And he's so underqualified. Like, holy crap. Yes. Yes. As we will very soon find out. Um, I also love that Hank cannot be taken in by a a multi-level marketing scheme. Because those still existed 20 years ago, and I'm pretty sure people are still trying to convince you to buy their Cutco knives or sell them to other people to buy them. Mark, have you ever been to one of those, one of those, like, weird little presentations where they say, yep, you're going to start selling Cutco knives, and here's how to do all this really cool stuff, like cut a penny in half. 
No, but we had like three friends in college that got hit with that shit, remember? Like Absolutely. One of them roped Matt, me into going to one of those. I was going to say you got into it, right? Cuz didn't we have a set in the house? Um we did I think we did. But that was before I got into it. See, I graduated and then uh a friend of ours that was actually a grade under me um he invited me to go and check this thing out. And I was like, cool, you know what? I have no job and I need to find something because I'm two months out of college and I don't have any money in my savings account. And it, living in Denver is very expensive. So I showed up and I did the whole thing for about six, uh, six seven hours-ish. It was a long meeting. I went home and my mom went, absolutely not. Don't do that. You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was interesting, but yeah, Hank cannot be taken in by a multi-level marketing scheme, and I love it. He is not a boss babe, as you will. <laughs> yep. Um, and I also want to say that one of the funniest on-the-nose things that they could have done, and they, they knew their writing, they knew their audience, they knew that it was going to be funny when they did it, is the very end, Boomhauer is the one calling 911. <laughs> oh, I know. It's the, yep. That is in my prose because it's a stroke of, of genius. <laughs> yep. Let's hear some of your prose, man. Um, I got several here. Number one, um, I definitely will hide from customers. Listeners, you know, I work in a grocery store. I'll tell you all right now. I see somebody I don't like on the floor. Oh, man, I just heard a page to go back to grocery. Better go, guys. Sorry. Like, I will hide. <laughs> Hell, man, me and my crew got a series of hand signals worked out to, like, get me away from this person. And we see him talking to him. They give the signal. All right, we call him. Or I'd go address him directly. Like, hey, I need to talk to you in the back right now. There's some, This is crucial. Oh, got to go. The boss needs, like, nods. I get it. Definite. Hit me real deep. <laughs> um Easy to lift 50-pound bags. That's hilarious. Because, like, <laughs> yes. sure, 50 pounds isn't much, but, like, you don't make 50 pounds easy to lift. It's not a thing you can do. And also, well, there's no bacon in it at all. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, pro, we get another Monsignor Martinez. He's abducting the nun. So, so far, unless I'm off my count here, We've seen Monsignor Martinez rent the car and fake the two infant babies' death. Yep. We've seen him jump out of, like, the top of the, um, what do you call it, stained glass window and kill somebody. He's taken yep. a nun hostage. Last episode, he shot the friar with the wire, and in this one, he's um, abducting the nun. So yes. if we're trying to th string together the idea that these are like McBain in The Simpsons and every clip makes a movie... I don't know, man. This one's kind of tough for me to follow, but I've also not been really good at telenovelas, and maybe it makes a solid telenovela. I don't know. It probably does. <laughs> How about you, buddy? Uh, so, I mean, those are all the pros I've got. We could definitely jump into cons. Okay. I... So, well, before that, though, one of the notes I want to ask, because you kind of do work in the same, a similar setting. Do you have yeah. a lot of people that are, are different ages, like, that have gotten hired underneath you? Like, are you in charge of a bunch of people that are 20 or 30 years your senior? Uh, yeah, so it's kind of weird. So Yeah, it's really weird. This one does hit weirdly home for me. Um, so I'm the assistant produce manager. My boss is 30 years older than I am. Whatever, that's cool. Like, he's the same age as my right. mom, effectively. But then I've got three dudes that are all 
in their 50s or better that report to me, and then I've got two guys in their 20s, and I'm 33, but then all three of my store managers are 25 and under, and that's a weird feeling. Wow. And most of the ma- most so most of the managers, excluding the front end, um, are sort of in the same boat as me. They're all mid 30s, and they are in charge of people 30 years older than them and in their 20s. It's insane, and it's like the manage the, like the assistant managers are we're our own little weird demographic of people who don't fit in with anybody but each other so we have to like love each other <laughs> it's a really weird setting it's i was just kind of curious you know i'm 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 moving myself into an industry that it's definitely not exactly the same but yeah. where the more experience you have the higher positions you get usually because it it means that you you've seen a lot more crazy people in your time so <laughs> I, I, but I'm also, I'm, I mean, I work with a woman who is a therapist and she's like in her fifties or just Mm -hmm. about to be in her fifties. And she has as much experience or just less that than my wife who did the exact same job there. And she is barely 30. So it's, it's, it's just weird. It's very weird to me to live in a time like this where I'm used to the older you are. Usually that's the higher up the totem pole you get, but that's not the case anymore. Yeah. It apparently has not been the case for 20 years if they're already making fun of it in this episode. But but I get it, though. Like, that was – I feel like that was Walmart's, like, kind of corporate model when they started out was, nah, just throw kids in there. They'll be fine. And then we're going to hire much. They'll learn because Medicaid doesn't quite work as well lately. But, yeah. Right. Uh, but anyway, so we'll jump into cons. My first one is a big one. And it's a big one because there is absolutely no universe where this should have ever happened. Uh, The very beginning of the episode, Buckley is talking with Luann. Do you notice where his bike is parked? Oh my god, I know. Please tell me you have this written down too. He parks his bike and then just peels out on Hank's lawn. Yeah. Like, what the hell? How is Hank not... Hank could shoot that Pretty much. He already could shoot that kid if he wasn't such a bad shot. Like, you pretty much, and he might take a couple extras just because, just in case, just just to be sure. Double tap, always be sure. Yeah, no, like absolutely, yes. So that's a definite con for me. It shouldn't have been that way, and they should know that by now. Um, I really feel like a, a con for me personally is that Hank is being way too sulky, way too like little baby before, like. He doesn't have his job anymore, so he's just going to mope around the house and not do anything and just sit and watch telenovelas. And I don't know. It's a bad look for Hank for me. But that's the point. Hank's defeated, man. They took his they took propane from him. You know, like Hank loves propane. We've seen Hank love propane. Like I I get it. I've, I've never lost a position like this. Knock on wood, I won't. But like maybe after this one comes out and they hear all the good shit I've been talking about Kroger. But no, it's. (laughs) <laughs> I, I definitely feel like it's a it's a valid response out of Hank. Okay. I don't know. It was a little much for me because I, maybe it's just because I'm not used to seeing him just be completely defeated. But you're right. That is, that's the point. That's the whole point of this episode, I guess. It's also super necessary because, like, um, we get the line out of Hank. How could such a good cop make such a bad priest? We... The whole episode really comes to the point of him liking Monsignor Martinez. Yep. <laughs> um, and um, then my last con. Yeah. Uh, my last con here, Layaway Ray shows back up. 
How's that a con? I was going to say that was a pro and I didn't talk about it. Because I think uh, it's, it's really a con. Cool it has the continuity. It is continuity, but it's not continuity because Layaway Ray should be in jail. He torched his whole building. There is no, no. way they didn't find him guilty for that. Layaway Ray committed insurance fraud and got away with it. That's all there is to it, buddy. <laughs> then Layaway why Ray is he working at the Megalomart? Because it was a bait shop in goddamn buttfuck Texas. How much insurance <laughs> you gonna get for that? <laughs> oh, and it was a con for me because it's like, damn, Layaway Ray, you need to be in jail, man. Like I did think it was a fun callback, though. I, I was gonna say I had that as a note. I was like, it's really cool that like. We saw him burning down his bait shop and jumping crack bass, and you don't expect him to call back to it. And then, son of a bitch, there he is! Like I thought, that, I kind of thought that was a really neat little bit. Sure enough, because that was his whole complaint to begin with, too. Like, hey, I'm getting run out. No, you can't run a small bait shop anymore. People don't come here. Yeah. Uh, but those are my cons, man. What else you got? Um, I have the Dale's backyard is really nice. When they're grilling back there, that whole bit with the sticker coming off and Hank sees that Dale's buying megalopropane. Um, yeah. Dale has talked before about how his backyard is nothing but spare parts and crabgrass. That's a really pretty backyard. It's not so much yeah. a con as I'm just saying, will you figure out what Dale's doing with his yard? Like, we know the Boomhauer's <laughs> yard is probably going to be immaculate. We know that Bill's yard is going to look like shit. Tell me what Dale is doing. Let me know. Pick a lane and stay there. I know it's such a stupid point, but like... It can't Eventually, just be nice when it it can't it, Dale's lawn can't fluctuate when we need it to for plot reasons. Does that make sense? It, I don't know. It drives me nuts. No, for sure. I mean, if, eventually uh, Dale is gonna get a mason, and then it's gonna look yep. really nice. But yep. until then, nothing else cuts it. <laughs> Good enough. Okay. Sorry, guys. Um, I <laughs> it's my Dale love coming out. Don't even apologize. It's beautiful, and I love it. And they love it, too, goddammit. And anyone who says they don't <laughs> is not your friend. Um, my other con, uh, that Nightcrawler thing is is awful. I hate that. I hate that story when Ray, Layaway Ray's talking about sitting on the, uh, what do you call it, that bin, whatever you store Nightcrawlers in. Oh, yeah. no. Awful. But I naked? hate it. Ugh. I oh god I can like feel that oh, I I can't I can't even talk about it dude like I'm gonna I'm gonna puke I can't do it I hate it I don't like, know what my problem is the the idea but, of a nightcrawler trying to make its way up your urethra is just oh god what about it like just poking at your brown eye Johnny what if that <laughs> what if that nightcrawler fancies your rusty sheriff's badge I can't do it I hey ugh. maybe that nightcrawler wants to be a proctologist when he grows up I got unclench okay here we go <laughs> that's all I got for con uh, I. I, I have really nothing bad to say about this episode. Other than, sure. and maybe you're about to hit this with retro reference. This one, okay. So, like, I get it. This one was a, this was, like, a topical issue back when. When, like, kind of brick-and-mortar stores were running out mom-and-pop businesses. Right. And because I still live in a small town, the the town fathers, whatever you want to call them, they're more reticent to give anybody... Like, that's a brand of shot. So instead we get a bunch of, like, I guess you call them mom and pops. But they're not. They're, like, younger people that don't know what the hell they're doing. So instead we get this insane turnaround of businesses that fail. And then you get a bunch mm-hmm. of dead building facades. And you get, like, it, it just kind of, like, hurts us. But then also I know with COVID a lot of, like, 
And I would call them less than businesses like custom cupcake shops that failed. And good riddance to bad rubbish. We don't need that kind of shit. But, like, this episode is a weird retro-reference rage for me because I remember how much we hated Walmart because they were going to drive us all out of business, goddammit. But at the same time, it's still weirdly pointing, and I don't know how I feel about it. Does that make sense, or am I insane? No, like, I, because I also live in a smaller town in Colorado, and uh, a couple years previously, about 40 miles north of us, where we, or 20, 20 miles north of us, where we used to live, it is very much like your town, where yeah. they they re- they really hit hard, like, hey, we want the people of the town to invest here, and we want to really support local businesses and everything else, and it goes really good for, like, maybe six months, like that's if you had a really good six months, then you last it and then they're gone. Then it's just gone. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when I moved into this town six years ago, uh, there was a really cool, very specific German restaurant. Like you could get Spätzle and you could get all this other weird, like authentic German food. And I was like, wow, this is bizarre. Maybe there's just a big German community here. And it looked like it had been there forever. And sure enough, three months after we moved in, I went, wow, I kind of want to go get some Spätzle. And it was just gone. And that building has been, like, there's four different things that have been in that building. And I'm pretty sure now it's just, like, one of those barely legal adult gambling places. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's the only thing that's managed to stick around for just long enough. And I'm pretty sure it's because it's a drug friend. I No, I a thousand percent know what you mean. And shy of talking bad about a couple of local families, I get it, buddy. Yep. (laughs) You yeah, know, no, like, I, and I want to, I want to be yeah, the guy, I want to be the guy that, that supports local businesses and stuff. Like we've got a pet food store where I live. That is absolutely, there's, it's the only one in town. Um, it's the only, like, we also have a pet co here and I would much rather go to this other place because it's, yeah, it's like five bucks more expensive for a, a thing of cat food, but the people there are super nice and they've grown big enough to where they know how much business they can do. They've been around for like five years. So the whole town knows them. Like that's yeah. the sort of business I, I, I'm going to go and continue to frequent. But for the most part, unless you're a restaurant that I just happen to find one specific thing that I really freaking like, I'm going to go to Wendy's. I'm going to go to the, the sure thing, like the Sonic, the Wendy's, the McDonald's around town. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to try new things. It's just like a, you're going to charge me double what these people do, and it's never going to be a for sure thing. It's really funny. So, like you're talking about this, like with the restaurants and stuff. So, do you inside baseball a bit? But like, do you remember where the hungry farmer was? That weird building with yes. the big windows on it. Okay, so that yes. in the last like ten years has I think been eight different restaurants, maybe nine, and um. So now it's a Chinese food restaurant and Amanda and her friends went there and she brought me back some Mongolian beef. And you want to talk about not getting the sure thing, Johnny, because all I got was goddamn fire hole. Like it was so fucking (laughs) spicy. It was so fucking spicy for Alamosa standards that like I couldn't finish it. Like, wow. Ugh, terrible. But no, I get what you're saying. Cause now I, I went out on a limb, never going there again, but you know, it doesn't disappoint Wendy's like, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like you said, you got your, you have your staples that have been around in town, you know? Like you and I, when we, when I go to visit you, we always go to the brewery. And yeah, it's never fantastic, but we know what we're going to get. But it's never terrible. 
Like we can. It's never go to terrible. Like almost every Sunday, if not there, then we'll go to Three Barrel in Del Norte. Like exactly. Like I don't know. Maybe there's just it's it's hard to establish that and get that sort of street cred now because if you don't find profits in the first like six months, then people give up. They throw in the towel. They go, nope, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. It's too damn hard. They just so, opened an appliance store, and I'm like, you guys are going to fail so hard. Like, idiots. I feel like I feel like oh, you God. and I are almost being Walmart apologists at this point, but you know, no, I don't but know. You know what? After, there's a line in Gladiator. When they are doing the, the Germanic campaign in the beginning, and the one shitty general says, a people should know when they're conquered. And you know what, man? Maybe we should just know when we're conquered. Give up. Yeah. Your mom and pop ain't going to cut it. It's it, it's over. Like, this is the end of it, and you failed. You are playing a game of Civ Six, and you took too goddamn long, long to found a religion, and guess what? Now you don't get to have a religious victory. It's over. Like, you tried, you failed, and I'm real <laughs> sorry that this is how it shook out. And is it wrong, and is it bad, and do we need to reevaluate stuff? I don't know, but you know what? At the same time, I still buy shit off Amazon. I just... Or the I well never mind I won't I bought the I, Amazon sent me the wrong fucking frame for that poster you sent me so I yeah. just sent it in for return but goddamn in a week I'm gonna get the right fucking frame for the poster you gave me for my birthday thank you buddy but like <laughs> you're welcome you know I just it's time let it go let it be at this point you're be, you are beating a horse that died years ago and nothing's gonna get yeah. back you'll never ride it again just call it. I don't know. I got it's, weird it's, there. I'm sorry. It's been long gone. It's been Dude, long even gone. even now, even now, we're probably going to have to merge with Walmart Corporation so that Amazon doesn't swallow us. Because Amazon bought yeah. Whole Food, and now, like, Kroger Corporate is just freaking out and hemorrhaging money into their, like, top brass, letting everything else fail. Like, it's it's terrible. Like, but this is what's happening. This is where we're at. And... It's all evolution, dude, and you got to sustain, and these don't sustain, and it's part of it. I'm sorry. That's that's all there is to yeah. it. The, yeah. The biggest, burliest uh, Neanderthal is the one that is ultimately going to win every single time, and unfortunately, yeah. that is now Walmart and Amazon. No, Walmart's failing, too. Like, dude, they're gonna they're looking at closing the Walmart down here, here because they're losing money. They've lost money for five years now. Wow. Like, it's insane. The only reason Safeway is still open is because they have a Starbucks, but they opened a Starbucks across the street from it a year ago, and, like, I think they've got three years left on their license or whatever. That's the only reason Safeway still exists down here. It's insane. Wow. Yeah. Like, as bad as Safeway Co. is already doing or whoever the, the parent company for them, I think it's Safeway, whatever. Like, as good as they're doing or whatever, doesn't even matter. Might as well not exist down here. It's crazy. Right. We had the top-selling JCPenney in the country – they closed it down. It was one of the first ones to close. Like, it's, yeah. it's oh, nuts. Yeah. Like, yeah. Man, we're getting weird with this one. I'm sorry. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> no, it's, it was, it was a, a hell of a, like, 10-minute divulge. But, like, this is what you guys get. If you're living in a big metropolis and you guys have a Starbucks on every single corner, this, this conversation probably doesn't make a lot of sense to you. But I don't know. Dude, they closed down our GameStop, Johnny. Did I tell you that? I don't know I if you I saw that, that last time listeners. I was there. It was a huge damn deal. We got a GameStop in, what, 2010 or something? And it was, it was big 2010. I opened that GameStop. Yes, you did, sir. And now it died last year in 2020. Like, it's crazy to me. Yeah. But, hey, I can get games, like, much cheaper on Amazon. Or yeah. I'll, wait till a, I'll wait till a sale. I, I don't even remember the last, like, hard game that I bought, you know? I just download everything <laughs> now. 
You said hard game. <laughs> I'm, I'm the giggling girls in the break room. I don't know if you caught that. I've noticed as I listen to these, my female voices never read. Like, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, let's let's get into some favorite moments. Unless we got anything else to say. Let's about do this. that. The only yeah, retro no, rage I've got. And yeah, what you got? <laughs> the only retro rage I've got is I have I have no idea to this day who Zamfir is. Oh, I've so never hoping once you do this. Can I blow your goddamn mind? Please. Zamfir is a Greek flute player. He is okay. one of the top recording artists in the world. He also has multiple counts of domestic violence against every partner he's <laughs> ever had. But also he's oh. Greek and not being a Greek apologist, but like we get a little heated and I want to break some shit sometimes. Spasto piata. Um, you don't want to break your significant other though. No, but I want to pull a cotton hill and like break a plate. That'd be cool. But also, Johnny, you would remember one of his songs from Kill Bill. Really? Yes. Uh, there is the bit when Uma... Th- um, it's the Lonely Shepherd. It's the flute track. Do, 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 do. I'm going to cut in a little bit here for backtracking. But yeah, um, he Please has... Please do. Yeah, no, it's um, hauntingly beautiful stuff. It's fantastic. I, it's, yeah. and But again, though, like for a retro reference rage nobody would get that. The only reason that I got it is because I'm a goddamn nerd when it comes to things that I like and, like, I will track down a song source, man. But, yeah, nah. A Lonely well, Shepherd. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, check that's Sam Fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, give me some favorite moments, Mark. Oh, can I say the whole episode? <laughs> sure. Because, man, I... Okay, so, uh, fence jumps. We see Dale... Vaulting a fence effortlessly, and then we see Bill failing at that. And I love <laughs> yes, <it>. we do. <laughs> um, I love Peggy. Hank, remember to hum. I love that. She's <laughs> don't blow. That whole bit is so stupid. That whole bit is just so damn dumb. But like, god damn it, if they're not so, like Hank thinks he's gonna like go to prison for this, you know, and that's how they're treating it. Yeah. Um, I loved, I love all of it. I love Chuck Mangione's security force. That's fantastic. <laughs> he needs three of them. <laughs> Big old bruisers too. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a bobby cape. Did you notice that? Oh, I did. Oh, I did. Bright purple bobby cape. <laughs> Do you think that Bobby saw that and thought it was cool? Probably. Like local celebrity. No, because he wasn't like, there. Ooh. No, no, no. I no. I bet he's worn this cape before, though. I, I bet That's he's worn it on a commercial yes. or something. And Bobby Sutton's like, I really like that. That ooh, check hello. the box for that one. Hello there. <laughs> um, and then finally, because I don't, I, I could, I could go on and on with this one. Um, oh, again, I already called it, but like, oh, there's no bacon in it at all. Great. Uh, volubul. I can't even say it. I even tried to like phonetically write it. Volub. <laughs> Bulealessness. I, I can't even say it now, but I love that little bit from Buckley. It's fantastic. Oh shit, you go. I love everything about this episode, Johnny. I, I've got a couple of them here. Most of it is just like the antagonizingness between Hank and Luann the whole episode. Fantastic. Because it's they are they just pick and pick and pick. And I, I love it. I love Luann screaming at him, You're lucky I don't have dangerous brain powers. Because you'd be love in a it. million little pieces. 
And I, I they it. have an argument in the kitchen at one point, and Hank doesn't even dignify it with a response. She just starts screaming at him like, Uncle Hank! And she's just doing her Luann thing, and he just chucks his sandwich at her. I know. <laughs> like... He oh, just God. yeets his sandwich right at her face. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm in. <laughs> but the, I mean, those are, those are my two real big ones here. Oh, this you episode know how is much so I hate good. Luan, and I love Luann in this episode. Like I love, this one. And I honestly, flushed, the next good one. Good luck going to your thing. I flushed your keys and she can't find them. Like, uh-huh. She flushed Peggy's keys. Oh, I love her breaking up with Buckley. I lo- guess what? What chicken butt? Stop saying that! Like it's you gotta stop saying what? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> chicken butt. <laughs> I love Hank's rage. I I love the like the girls in the break room. Like, <laughs> do you work with him? I work in the department with him. <laughs> Hank's all shitty. Hank just wants to like be mad at this kid and oh god, I love this episode so much, Johnny. Oh god. It's really good. It's such a strong season ender. Fat Oh god, isn't it though? Like such a strong season ender. Yeah. Well, Mark, why don't you break down our rating system for us cuz I think it's uh, about that time. I think it is. Yeah. So uh, rating system goes like this. At the very bottom, the worst of the worst is uh, charcoal. It's garbage. It's trash. It's the worst episode you're going to see. If you're hungover on a Sunday trying to watch this and it comes on, you're like, oh, God, skip. Next. Above that, just a little bit better, is Megalo quality. It's a bronze medal. It's not that good, but it has some moments you can go, okay, yeah, fine. Whatever. Above that is butane. Butane's like a B average rating. It's fine. It's not great, but it's pretty okay. Above that is Charking. Charking is really, really good. Outside of a couple nitpicks, it's a classic episode. When you turn on the TV and see it, you go, oh, hot shit, it's this one. And then finally, the very, very tippity top of it all <laughs> is our Blue Flame of Valor. It is our S rank. It is the best of the best. And nothing more to say about it. It's the best there is. Johnny and I have only given out one Charking thus far in two seasons now, which... Way back when, John, you called that we were both going to have, or you said that you were going to have only five Char Kings. And five dude, total. I think you are a really thick, or not Char King, Blue Flames. And I think that you were really right on the head with that one. But, I, yeah, so it's, without, it's close, yeah, man. It's getting there. But without further ado, what do you got? What do you give Propane Boom number one? Uh, so I gave Propane Boom one a Char King. Okay. Um, I thought that, you know, for a season ender. It's, they very clearly knew they were getting another season. They wouldn't have ended with a cliffhanger otherwise. I don't mm-hmm. think at this point, like, yeah, that was kind of a 90s sitcom thing to do, and we got a lot of unresolved endings because of it, but I think they knew they were going to get a way to finish this. And because of that, they raised the stakes in this episode in a uniquely King of the Hill way. Mm-hmm. You know, they took away Hank's job, they put it into a Walmart, and then they made it a huge thing that his job is what is, like, the the big, like, what-the-hell-happened moment at the end. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I loved that they made it very unique, and I think that it adds a lot to the strength of this episode. We get Absolutely. everything that we love about King of the Hill in this episode. We get Chuck Mangione. We get all of the guys doing stupid shit. Like, we get Luann and Buckley just being stupid, and we get Hank freaking out over propane. Yep. It's... 
Like this is a this yeah. is like a classic episode. Like if you had to pick a classic, this is one of them, man. It's all the beats, mm-hmm. it's all the notes. It's yeah, it's great. How about you, man? What'd you get it? Oh man, same charking. I love this. I'm, I'm sure it's abundantly clear. It, like I know, I know that like Peggy's turtle song, we're kind of low energy about it and shit, guys. But man, this is such a great episode. It's there's no part that drags. Every part of it is great. Monsignor Martinez is used well in this little bit. It's everything is so damn good. And yeah, charking. I that's all there's to say about it. Yeah, I love it, man. All right, let's well, move I on. Well, I think that's we, uh, yeah, yeah. So, do you, do you, so wait, um, I, I smell that. Do you, do you? Oh God, Johnny, propane! <laughs> I, I don't know. Hey, Mark. Will Johnny and Mark return? Dad blew Tune up. Tune in next week or right now. Who can say? <laughs> Your dad blew up. <laughs> Already um, right there, uh, pro for this episode. Yep. Stuart Dooley. Um, So our next episode here is the conclusion of Propane Boom. Propane Boom 2, Death of a Propane Salesman. Uh, The theater geek in me always laughs when I see that, even though I despise Arthur Miller. Uh, We have an original air date of September 15th, 1998. It's when a very special lady in my life turned 10 years old. Uh, Our cast of character... Oh, no, we're going to talk about writers first. Uh, we have yes, Alan Cohen and Alan Freeland. The Allens are back, Mark. The Allens are back, and you can tell they're back in this episode. Holy shit. Johnny, where have we seen the Allens before? We've seen them in Shins of the Father, Jumpin' Jack Crass, Crack, wow, Jumpin' Crack Bass, It's a Gas, 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 Snow Job, and the final Shin Salt. Um, these guys are the ones that uh, they do a lot of our cotton episodes they do uh, some really good, like, it seems to me like they, they're they the ones that help do the, the bookends to some of their bigger double episodes because they are oh. also the writers of High Anxiety. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. So they do that. Um, they've also got a, a, a future Blue Flame of Valor on here. I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> it's actually, like, the not the next one they write, but the one after that. Um, it's going to be great, but they do a Thanksgiving game or they do a Thanksgiving episode. Like if it's a cotton episode, it's a chance that this probably them, but yeah, Alan's there are cotton go-to guys, which is awesome, which is also very weird though, because he is not in this. Yeah. I don't think if you put cotton in this episode, it would add anything though. I think that I don't either. I think you'd derail it a little bit. And also, yes, keep an eye out just as like sidebar. I don't know if we get a lot of um, double fisting of Toby Huss. He's either always con or always cotton, but never really... Like, w- w- with West East Side Story when they met, yeah, sure, whatever, but, like, yeah. I don't think we see a lot of con and cotton together ever. No. But that's that's just me, without getting too weird about it. No, I would imagine it's this. It's the same thing with... Um... Uh, I can't remember his name now. The guy who voices Ned Flanders. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Harry Shearer, right? Harry Shearer. So Harry yeah. Shearer d- did very specific voices, and when he got tired of doing them or they hurt him, he literally had them kill off his characters. It's why he never did Marvin Monroe after, like, the third season. Mm-hmm. It just hurt him to do it. So I have to imagine doing a bunch of con and then a bunch of cotton would probably hurt the shit out of your throat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, um, all right, our cast of characters for Death of a Propane Salesman are Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale, Nancy, Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Conman, and Connie Supanusapone. Enrique makes a appearance here. I'm not exactly sure where. Probably just when they go back to Strickland here. Uh, we have the some the cameos. Yeah, it's him and Maria talking. They're making fun of Hank. That's what it is. Yep. So we have some cameos with Stuart Dooley and Daniel. Maria Montalvo comes back. Uh, Peggy Donovan's a cameo. Buckley is here. Uh, funeral speaker and Chuck Mangione. Buckley is just a mention, I believe, yeah, at well, this. Well, Buckley's not really in this episode. Spoilers, guys. Yeah, He's kind of yeah, yeah there's, there's not much of him left. Do <laughs> um, you got a synopsis for us, Mark? Um, yeah, it's the aftermath of the Megalo Chuck Mangione propane concert explosion. Um, everyone thinks Hank did it maybe, and Hank has to go back to work, but he realizes that he has a little bit of PTSD from the event, despite his best yeah. efforts to suppress it, and we get to see Hank deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. aptly put is sir. that about it yeah no that's pretty much exactly what i've got on here um yeah. our a story characters are hank and peggy uh if we have a b story but it's really a subplot a i think is luann's story uh-huh um i think the b story is bobby dealing with hank dealing with it i think so too but it just doesn't come in until about halfway through the episode yeah fair enough yeah a sub three uh, maybe? A, a sub three yes so mark what notes do you got on this episode let's hear some like i got a ton um i love Dooley. holy shit okay i know that i talk (laughs) about like i get really sick of Dooley. man what a way to open a season where like bobby and connie are just being weird kids at the park and then Dooley pops in with your dad got blown up and yeah that's great that's such a i love the way they did that um I love, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna use a swear for this one. I love fucked up Chuck. He's like, look, <laughs> after they're pulling him out, he's got the space blanket around him. I love that <laughs> so much. Just his eyes, man. Did they go balls out for animation in this one, Johnny? Like, just yeah, they do all of it. Um, I love all the reveals of them coming out in their separate ways. Um, I love Dale in this one. I also have the note, gobs of meat. Listeners, go listen to some other podcasts. Two two wizards, I talk about raining meat. It's weird. Gobbits of meat from the sky. It's in my favorite (laughs) moments. (laughs) I love Hank in this episode. Hank is great. I love Bobby in this episode. Bobby is great. Like, I love Luann. Again, I take the piss out of Luann all the time, but I love Luann. There's so many pros. Literally the entire episode is pros, but just to single it down, um... Number one, I have a very important question for you, Johnny. Sure. Assuming that you will outlive me, will you grill my wake? Because that would be yes. a damn world to me. Cool. Thank you, sir. Um. <laughs> number two, do you think that Buckley lives? I, I know it's insane. I know it's not a thing that happened. I know Buckley's dead, but they didn't identify a body. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe Buckley lived. Maybe Buckley got a clean break, saw his like chance for a clean one, stole a bunch of money out of the registers and booked it. Like, I don't think so. And and here's my reasoning: they only identified that there was one missing person in all of the Megalomart, and Dale very clearly sees somebody in the casket when he turns green and horks in the casket. 
He sees something in the casket. So I, I, I have to imagine whatever was left of Buckley got put in there. Okay. <laughs> but I do love that it's it's a Dale-level conspiracy theory. It literally, like, they, they have it, that he just ran off with his all-too-fancy $5,000 insurance settlement. <laughs> I I don't know. if Man, if City Market exploded tomorrow, you might be a month or two out from here and from me. <laughs> I love Fair. you. I love li- you listeners, but, man, you might not hear from me for a hot second. <laughs> oh, man. Um. Also, uh, another favorite moment. Um, and I guess I can also call this my, they blew the animation budget a second time. Hank pouring his beer into the mug. Yeah. I love that moment. I love that frame because he's doing something so strange and you see the guys making fun of him really being dicks to poor Hank. And yeah. And then they see him pour the beer into the mug and everything snaps and they realize, Oh, 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 no, he's not not okay. okay. We we need to worry about our friend here. And I really like that bit. And finally, um, Bobby's Bigfoot naked frame. There's like two frames of animation where Bobby <laughs> is sprinting naked through the hall. And you talk about animation cells you want to own. And I don't want to own it because it's a naked 10-year-old boy. I want to own it because it's just such a great little image. But I want to own Bobby's Bigfoot image frame in, in between the hall. Like, I love that so much. Because oh. I remember oh, being a little fantastic. kid, like, vaulting naked room to room sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's a very, like, reminiscent thing to me. And I was like, oh, hey, yeah, okay, cool. I remember that. How about you, buddy? I've been talking for a long time. I'm sorry. No, it's it's good. I don't have a lot of pros. That's why I'm glad you started this off. Um, I, the, the first real big one here is that Hank's reaction is very authentic to what PTSD and trauma response can look like. Like I said, mm-hmm. I tell you guys all the time that I'm I'm training to be a counselor and all this stuff. And I, I work with these people all the time. And you don't realize just how hard PTSD is and how weird it can look until somebody tries to just go, nope, I'm completely normal. And then the weirdest, tiniest, little tiny thing, like hearing gas or something that's even close to it, like somebody emptying a spit valve is enough to trigger you. Yes. Like it's a very ridiculous but accurate response. And so I think it's it's important. We don't see enough of that and we definitely didn't at the time. And I think it's a really cool thing to show people, yeah, this will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Khan at Buckley's funeral. Oh, God. I, yes. I We have not had a good Khan moment in like six or seven episodes now. And yeah, this is wonderful. Yeah. Like, really? I, I swear it's like they're, they're, they're using him and they're very sparing but this is fantastic. He basically, you know, I didn't used to like Buckley. Then I saw how mad he made my uh, my neighbor. I grew to love him like a son. <laughs> but it's not just that. It's it's his whole, like, his tiger story that he then brings up later in the episode. It'll knock your socks off. I, I love confident, weird Khan. And I love just yeah. how genuine he is about that. And he eventually calls Luann out and is just like, dude. I'm crying over him. Why aren't you? I cry river of tears for Buckley. Yeah, I, I love this. Yes. Is, I, th- th- yeah, that was like it's in my favorite moments. But yeah, no, Con at the funeral, and just even then he talks a little bit about it. 
Like, he makes the joke about, I don't have to tell you how much Buddhists love a good story. Nah, buddy, read the room. You very clearly need to tell this story about how Buddhists <laughs> like a good story, number one. And then I love him taking the piss out of Luan. Also, blew the animation budget a third time. Johnny, that watercolor scene of the monk getting chased by tigers is beautiful. Yeah. Like, yes, oh, it God, is. Oh, God, it's lovely. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, that's such a great moment. Um, and then I, my last, or my last pro that I've got here is Dale and Bill divvying up Hank's life. Dale just going, you know, I'll take the boy. You can have the the Widow Widow Hill. She's on her own. (laughs) The Widow Hill. (laughs) It's so terrible. (laughs) Hank just, don't you shake on that. (laughs) It's, I, I don't know. I don't have enough good close friends to do that sort of shit with, but... Oh, I'll take, Mark, I'll if take you really want my wife, Schneider, you can have buddy. her. It's okay. I'll take your wife. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll head a young buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can have mine, but so I'm, I'm not married, so I don't know if it counts, but yeah. I'd see, there you go. Um, no, so then I'm going to dig right into cons here because I really don't have a lot. One yeah, of which is uh, when they're sitting in group therapy – the, the therapist that's talking to him, the counselor that's talking to him, you would never, ever do that. You'd never attack a client and just be like, uh, don't you feel like this? And yada, 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 like get all up in their face. That is so yeah. not okay. And it's a very accurate response to that. Like I'm triggered and I'm going to leave because I'm freaked the hell out. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, my biggest one right here, man. And this, okay. this I, I hope that I trigger something in your brain and that you just go, oh my God, yes, why? Okay. We could have been rid of the manger babies. No. There is a moment where Luann looks at them and goes, nope, I don't like these anymore. We could have been rid of them. And honestly, can you think of any episode after this where they play any sort of significant role? Uh, where Dale writes the bit about the gun that lost its bullets that is way I, but, not oh. appropriate anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have a theory about this, and I haven't really talked about it. Okay. But you know how I will not let sleeping dogs lie. Okay. We know that Luann comes from a really bad past. I bet you. Yes. That, and I, I should have brought this up with the Manger Babies episode and didn't because I thought it was too stupid. But after watching this one, I'm like, no, this is a thing. Okay. Um, I guarantee you uh, she had CPS called for her several times. And I know okay. that one technique that child, uh, what is it, childhood, what do you call that, childhood psychologist. Child protective will, service. Well, that, but like the ones that actually deal with the kids, the caseworkers and stuff, they will use yeah. puppets to help them communicate. I, you don't have to talk to me, talk to my friend here, right? So like, yeah. Luann glommed onto the major babies in a super weird way and that like, who the hell would ever find puppets to be anything at all? She sees this, trips it in her head that these are okay to have. But then... That was the only con that I have for this, is how the hell did the manger babies get on her hands? Like, it's kind of like ooky spooky that they, like, manifested there again. But I think the manger baby showing back up is this weird part of Luann's psyche that help her process this shit. So it's a thousand percent necessary that they come back. They have to be there because it's this part of her. I don't know. And I don't know if I'm getting too weird with it, but, like it suddenly clicked for me because that's what helps her process it. And what's going to help you process process is like a thing that you know. Like you do the things that help you do things. And from that you get like a routine and rhythm and then you're okay. 
and I really think the manger babies are necessary for it. Now, do I think the manger babies are ever good and appropriate in anything? No, never, not once. <laughs> Nobody who likes the manger babies is a jackass. But that's my point. I'm sorry. Nope. I'm just going to follow you up with, I don't think they should exist, and this was a perfect way to get rid of them. Have her torch the damn things because she's so upset about Buckley. Agreed, but we never get closure <laughs> then. And then the Buckley's Angel episode is even weirder because she believes it's, in yeah. it. Like, yeah. I'm with you a thousand percent. I was like, that is my, that's my one con for this episode is how the hell did the manger, I thought she got rid of the manger babies. How'd they get on her hands? But whatever, right. it doesn't. Whatever. It, it really doesn't matter. Like, that's... Yeah. Um, no, those are my cons for this episode, though. How about favorite moments, then? Because I know we're kind of steamrolling to a conclusion that I already know the answer to, but we're already here. Like, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we've we've already named two of the three. Uh, Gobbets of meat from the sky that don't uh-huh. necessarily look like Buckley is one of them. Um Dale just looking at Boomhauer going, I, I bet you a week's salary that there's nothing in that casket, and then totally puking in the casket. Oh, such a terror. Like, I know we love Dale, but man, that's such a, like, that's almost a too much moment for me, but I definitely understand is it. Worse it. Than, is it worse than pantsing a volunteer firefighter? Well, why does Dale open this casket but won't uh, hold, but, why, but he won't support the casket? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then the only other one I've got here is, um, hey, Mark. Yeah? If I'm going to decrumb the toaster, what do you want me to do? Save them! <laughs> Save the crumbs! <laughs> There's no reason for Bobby to want crumbs. <laughs> <coughs> like, Bobby's not a fat kid yet, but this is Bobby's fattest kid moment. Like, <laughs> It really is. Oh. I, every time I hear Bobby save the crumbs because it's just out of nowhere he's doing nothing at the kitchen table <laughs> nope just save him. what is he yeah what is he hoping to get out like burnt ass bread like no I don't even know man um, how about favorite moments for you oh dude we hit so many of them already again this one I love it so much but um, that was a wicked burp that didn't come out oh god it hurts Oh, the dragon's fire. Oh, it's in my nose. There it is. I'm so sorry. Oh, God, that was so bad. Oh, that's my con for this episode. Um, No, favorite moments. Um, I love the funeral. I love con of the funeral. We already said that. Um, I like Luann's idiot bit of, this is a starving Irish child, very clearly graphically overweight body in his underwear. Yeah. Um, I love oh. the group therapy bit. I love Hank's reaction to it. Like, that whole anime. Really, dude, like, if we had to, like, blow our animation budget, I'm curious to watch next week's episode to see if it's, like, worse off, if that makes sense. Because, man, yeah. this is such a pretty, pretty episode. If mm, Beautiful. Um, so I've got, like, so many notes here, and I'm trying to make any sense of them. That's okay. I also it's forgot really to do the reference whole... rage, so. <laughs> I yeah, Give me yours, because I have a retro reference rage for this one. Do you? Yeah. Please tell me it's Sinead O'Connor. No, because I feel like I heard about her a couple years ago. And I Did only you? know it through, yeah, I, 
without like yeah, um, Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith are taking the piss out of her on Hollywood Babylon because apparently she okay. was like fifty and horny, and <laughs> they put up a picture of her and the audience went oh, and then I went on Google and looked and I was like oh, and no hate to Sinead O'Connor but uh, sorry guys like there we are. Uh, I have I have so my retro rage is Sinead O'Connor because I think I might have heard about her protest nonsense where she shaved her head once. Uh, and then the other one I have is Roger the Dodger Staubach because I only know about who he is through this show. Yeah, no. Only know that one through this show. Mine is the park that they're in. Okay, what's the park? Johnny, do you remember when playgrounds were super dangerous up until like eight years ago? Like, <laughs> yes. you remember being a kid and like you'd go play at the park and like you'd take your life into your own goddamn hands and you didn't care because you were a kid and your parents didn't care that it was all like wood that was crazy splintery and rusty ass metal just like made you better man that rocket yes. ship is unsafe and also I'm calling bullshit there's no way Hank could crawl up to the top of it but really I don't care this is like us bitching about the mall in the um uh, Husky Bobby episode like I just I miss a different time I think like I miss merry-go-rounds yeah. I miss them so bad like or seesaws dude I would kill to go on a seesaw I played I played on a swing on my birthday drunk off my ass in Salida in their town park and it was the most fun I had for like five minutes and god just to get okay. that little bit back but man I'd even have more fun on a seesaw or a merry-go-round and I hate parks today kids today don't understand that's my retro reference rage, but like that's all I got. Like, that's that's fair, man. But every part of this episode is fantastic. The pacing's great. I got nothing bad to say. We should rate her. I think, right? I think so. Who you want? Who Do you, you have any other thoughts? Any other anything else you want to touch on? Like, even if you're no. looking weird for a second, Johnny, we're into season three already. Like, I feel I like know. we just started this stuff like what three weeks ago, right? Like that was when we started. All it feel, that's what it feels like. Yeah, man, it's crazy to me. But yeah, let's let's rate her. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? I tell you what, I'm gonna go first because I have a feeling you and I have different ratings. Okay, yeah, go for it. Um, I gave Death of a Propane Salesman a butane. I felt like it was just missing something that the previous episode had. You no know, shit. like it was. It's a. I really like. I don't know, and maybe it's because it's the start of a season three. Yeah. And it hasn't been well established enough for this to be like a who shot Mr. Burns part two, where I'm already super invested and I'm like, okay, cool. I don't know. It okay. just, to me, it felt like it's missing something. It's still, it's very, it's a very good episode. There's a lot of really great moments. There's not a lot of stuff that, that makes me get mad about it. Um, really, it's, it's just something doesn't feel right in this episode for me to give it a Char King. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, how about you, man? Man, you weren't kidding about different. I gave this one a blue flame of valor. Whoa. Okay. I love this episode. I love Hank's arc in this episode. I love Hank's resolution in this episode. Like, I love when we see growth in characters, and I know how dumb it is to see sitcom growth in characters, but sometimes you yeah. have to have it. And, like, you come out of this one, and you know that Bobby knows that his dad loves him. And there's been some times when we don't have that a thousand percent, you know? And yeah, but in this one you do and you get it. And Luann understands and we get Luann to have a weird bearing here too, because like, sorry, audacity just froze. Okay. It's good. Sorry. Um, you get Lu Luann with a weird bearing too, because like I, this is the end of her beauty Academy, isn't it? Like this is where she stops, right? 
I I think so. Or pretty yeah, close. Like, so like yeah, like you've got Hank number one. Hank accused of domestic terrorism, which will happen again, which is weird to say, but it'll happen <laughs> yeah. again. You get a turning of the page for Luann. You get Bobby moving forward, knowing that his father loves him. Like, there's so much stuff in here. You get rid of Buckley, who I didn't like to begin with. I'm I'm with Hank. I don't like Buckley anyway. <laughs> but like, until one time, you get Dale being great. Also, one of my favorite moments moments I didn't shout out. Um, sir, we are they fantastic. I just I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's the outside of the like park and. Dumb nitpicky shit. I love this episode. I think it's wonderful. I think that you come away from it like I'm excited to watch season three. I feel like a lot of season openers and shows, especially ones that are more episodic or, or like more like you know a through line with them, you watch a, a season opener and nothing happens, or they try and set the stakes too high. And in this case, they don't. They just don't. They do it well. Hey man, we're back to normal. Uh, they do the shitty sitcom thing of everything, of like nothing really changed from before, but it did. We lost some characters. We're going to gain some characters yep. here coming up. Like, I love this episode. I'm giving it a blue flame. Yeah. Uh, well defended right there, my man. I, I feel like I've, this is the most rambly I have ever been, and I'm sorry, but god damn. I, it's these good. two episodes are fantastic for me, but yeah. I Man. Butane, I'm so surprised. Sorry. Not not like hating or anything. I'm not casting aspersions, but... No, 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 no. So, I and you and I, I think uh, we came to a decision that we needed to rate them as, separately, but then also as as a part one and a part two, like as a single episode, essentially, because you always watch them one after another. At least I do. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> who doesn't? Like, what, what do you wait five and, weeks for it to, to pick it back up? Come on, man. Yeah, no. Exactly. No, and honestly, I, if I'm going to put them together, they're going to get bumped back up to the Char King for me. Okay. You know, it, the stuff that, that turns this episode into a butane is only because it's a single episode. It makes okay. so much sense with the other one, and they flow so well together that it really does feel like a genuine 40-minute story. And I love that 40-minute story. So it's definitely a Char King if I'm rating it together as a whole. So if we can be totally nerdy about this, just going from the top to the bottom, so uh, Char or Blue Flame would be worth 5, uh, Char King is worth 4, and Butane's are worth 3. We get an average of right. 16, divide that by 4 or whatever, and you get 4. You get the average of a Char King. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Even at its Even at its worst, it's still at, like, Man, that's echelon, it, top echelon, God, right yeah, there. Yeah, like this is still like in the top. Like this is like the top of the class for us thus far. I want. I'm curious to see if it like sticks around for me, and I hold such a high esteem for it, or like maybe I'm just hungover from Junkie Business and Peggy's Turtle Song and Leanne's Saga. And, like I don't know, but I'm yeah. going into season three with like a really optimistic mindset, if that makes sense. I think it was a very ballsy move by the writing staff and everybody to end season two and begin season three with such a big episode, with a two-part episode. And I think they really were just like, you know what? We're going to throw everything we've got at this. And we're going to make it as big as a, a set piece as we can. We're going to throw as many cameos in there as we can. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, it was a very ballsy move and it paid off. And I feel like they do that a couple more times because almost every two-part episode is very good. Yeah. Like, very well, good or great, I would say. We'll keep an eye on this. And also, 
See if the Allens do more two-parters, I think, too. I say they do one. They do high anxiety. So they do at least... I think that's the end of the Debbie Grun two-parter. Sorry, that's what I meant to say was, like, if they... If that's... If it stacks up as well, if that makes sense. And I already think it did. Right, right. But, yeah. Yeah. Because high anxiety is solid, but... Yeah, I don't know. This is to me. This is uh, the writing staff saying, "Hey, we're having an awful lot of fun with this, and uh, as long as Fox keeps paying us, we're gonna keep doing it just like this." Yep. So I'm I'm glad that they did it this way, though. Like solid opener, and yeah, it's. Oh God, I I'm sorry. I feel weird. <laughs> I feel weird after okay. I get blue flames. I feel like I did something wrong. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> It's no, I mean it's it's a it's an honor. Like it really is a high honor, and I think yeah. it it speaks levels. If when you get down to it, the blue flame, you know, if we only ever end up having five, like if I only ever end up having five, these are the five episodes that anybody that I'm trying to get into this show, that's what I'm going to show them. And I don't know yeah. if you think that way as well, but I think honestly, with a lot of your stuff, if you were to show them plastic white female. Leanne saga, like all the stuff you've hit really, really high that you're like, damn, okay. I well, think I didn't it's hit an Leanne accurate saga representation. That high, but yeah. <laughs> I think I gave Leanne Yeah, but saga you didn't charcoal time, but... it like me. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't bury it in charcoal like me. It's all right. So I don't know, like I you know, I know I will definitely stand by the one blue flame of valor I've given out is yep. It's one of the five episodes I would show anybody who has never seen this show to get them interested and get them to watch the rest. Yeah, and just for posterity's sake, yours was Man Who Shot Kane Skredderberg. Yes, it was. Yeah. So I've got two blue flames and you've only got one. We're, I think I said, so. Dude, I really, I, I know I said at the top of the episode, but I really think you're right and that like we're probably only going to get five. But I really, yeah. I, I would be very shocked if we got many, many more than five. I'm not going to give us wiggle room here because I really do think I'm only going to get about five of them. But I really, I mean, if, if we get anywhere near double digits, I would be very shocked. I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. But in the meantime, we ought to get out of here. But before we do that, I've got to ask you a very important and even more important question than will you grill my wake? And that is Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about you, man? Dude, I love it. I'm so glad we're here. Um, I'm so glad we've, we're up into season three, buddy. Thank you for doing this with me. It's been a real kick in the yeah. ass, and I love it. Hey, it's it's been a fun journey so far, and I, I'm looking forward to the rest of it. I am too. Listeners, have you had fun? Are you looking forward to it? Are Johnny and I both wrong and this episode sucks and we just don't see it? Well, let us know, and you can do that by going to where, Johnny? Uh, they can go to Dangle Podcast on Twitter. It's uh, just the little at symbol in Dangle Podcast. They can also drop us a line at our email at danglepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, they can find me at krautballstream. Kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as in not quite spleen, the thing that comes out of my body. How about you, Mark? Where can they find you? If your spleen is coming out of your body, seek medical advice for Christ's sake. <laughs> Um, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. You can also find me at my other podcast, the Two Wizards podcast, that I shamelessly plugged in this episode. But whatever, Terror from the Sky Part Two, it's a great one. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We love you all, everyone. And I—that's all I got, Johnny. That's all I got. You guys have a great night, okay? 